1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. These are in no particular order because I had to do this on the fly during the show. So, you know, we'll just do it and we'll discuss it now since it's here. Top five Nick Saber replacements. Number five. Dan Lanning, probably the first guy they've got to call. Uh, And this is someone, if you're going to bank on a decade uh at Alabama the youngest guy available would probably be the the best one he's had two great seasons at Oregon he's in the Saban tree he's in the Kirby Smart tree he's an SEC you know guy uh so and Oregon uh is one of the best places to pluck your coach from apparently mm. uh they are they are good at growing them uh, at Oregon uh it would really suck for Ducks fans to have to go through this one more time especially with someone who had so much more potential than uh, than maybe anybody they've had there you know since Mark Helfrich or uh, or Chip Kelly I mean like just this is this is you know would really really stink but this is the hottest young coach in in college football even maybe over another guy on this list but Dan Lanning's probably the first guy you're going to call
2: I would think he's he's one of those first calls that's uh, an absolute certainty And he's done an excellent job in a very short amount of time at Eugene. They've already gone and grabbed Dylan Gabriel. Their quarterback room seems set for the next few years. Their roster is in good shape, and there's a lot of excitement. And uh, they had a fantastic season that was only really derailed by the team that finished second in the entire country there with with the the better run that Washington had and those two head-to-head wins. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, Oregon's in really good shape. And today, not necessarily the worst day for Ducks fans, but you're – whatever mood you're in is a little lesser than it was when you started the day or the afternoon because you now have this thought in your head of, oh, geez, it's actually here. It's not a, what if Saban retires one day? What then will happen to Dan Lanning or to whoever you want to mention at other schools? Now it's actually, no, he is retiring, and what does now happen with Dan Lanning?
0: Excuse me.
1: It's easier to say no to Texas A&M, right? If if Texas A&M calls Dan Lanning, it's way easier to say no to them and no offense to A&M, but, like, you Bro, know. Bro, they're not even I mean, the same like 15, universe. Like, Come on now. Fi- 15 national championships different, and the last one's 39. So it, I'm not. not I'm trying to be diplomatic about this here. But, you know, yeah, okay, look. I, I know A&M has a bunch of money, blah, 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 blah. But, like, Alabama calls you. That's a different thing altogether. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, yeah, that's, it, it's, yeah. That's, con- like, that's. It's, yeah. That's that's
0: being. That's concrete, not pebbles. No, look,
1: yeah, that's that's being in a Scorsese movie as opposed to, like, one with Tom Sizemore. Like,
2: it's just yeah. I mean, A&M wants to think that they're the same as Alabama, yeah. and maybe they are money-wise, they're close to that, but in every other category, I mean, it's not even a knock. It's just the truth. It's not comparable. It's not the same. It's it's money in the state of Texas, but other than that, it's a very full trophy case, and it's one that's not so filled up. So, yeah, yeah that's that's one thing to turn down A&M. It's another thing to turn and, – and any other job. It's not an A&M-centric thing here, but name another job, basically. Yeah. And there's – you know, you were saying that it was four to five. I'm thinking, like, they're top one, at worst maybe two, and you'd have to make a really great argument for why they're not top, like, number three. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where that job is. It's just on a different level, almost up to its lonesome. Yeah.
1: Number four. I've forgotten who this is. Lane Kiffin. Uh, <laughs> look, he's doing well in the SEC right now. Again, uh, another apple off the Sabin tree. And he was maybe the first... And correct me if I'm wrong here, but he was the first out of the Nick Saban Coach Rehab Internship Program was he the one who, like, really kind of helped rehabilitate who he was? Yeah,
0: he had his own rehabilitation center for yeah. coaches. Yeah, so, like,
1: he was the first one out of it. You know, he went from Saban, then he went to FAU, and then, of course, uh now at Ole Miss. So, like, he has reestablished himself as a quality college head football coach, and he knows how Saban did things, and he can put his own little spin on it. He's clearly working NIL well at Ole Miss, a place that is going for it after never having won the SEC in their history. And uh, it would absolutely have- – Suck for them to lose the coach after they've just, you know, got all these big-time commitments, especially out of the portal. But Lane makes a lot of sense if if you want to, you know, keep the same kind of vibe and maybe innovate a little bit differently. I, I don't want to say innovate past Saban, but, you know, put some new wrinkles in things.
2: Well, he went from getting fired um, in embarrassing fashion uh, by USC to months later joining up with Alabama and helping – analyze their offense, and then become an assistant coach there. I don't know if he was the very first rehab project, but he's the first one that I remember, mm-hmm. and that was well over 10 years ago. And it has become a, a thing ever since then where we've seen a litany of names, whether it's just former head coaches or guys who had issues Salt, or whatever. Bill
0: O'Brien. Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, so I think Lane may have been the one to kick that off. I just can't say with 100% certainty, but he he knows the, the – the Tuscaloosa area and the program and the SEC and all the things that you would seemingly want a candidate to know and kind of have a uh, a grip on. But, you know, I don't know how he's viewed as far as being the face of the program by the Alabama faithful. You know what I mean? Because he is a little bit outside the box. Does that ruffle feathers for some, or is that something that you embrace and you think would be great? I think that's what it could come down to also depending on your other candidates as well. But I don't know, just the one thing I do feel very strongly about is he strikes me as the type of guy that... He, he let me know and he'd leave in two seconds if he got that opportunity. Like I yeah. don't, I don't doubt for a second that he'd be like, "Yep, I'm taking it, Old yeah. Miss." You understand? See you guys later. We'll yeah. meet, we'll meet you down the road. That, that's how he strikes me. And so, yeah, I could totally see that.
0: Yeah, there's, there's not sentimentality. Mike Loxley, Mike Loxley was another guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, a, that's an That's interesting one. Mm-hmm. He's another. Yeah, he's a saving guy. And he look that would the that far as the rehab too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, number three, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him to interview him for this. Uh, he's done well, at Maryland, but maybe not the guy that they want. Number three, Kalen DeBoer, uh, Wednesday everywhere and you know just came off of, of playing in the national championship game um you know it's 14-1 season uh, shown he can recruit in a lot of different ways you know if you want and he's got a little bit of the Saban vibe to me where he's you know he's he's direct and he's you know, kind of steady like that. That seems to me to be his vibe. I mean, obviously nobody's Nick Saban, but he's got a little bit of that in him. And again, a hot coach right now in Kalen Aborb who just wins everywhere he goes. So if you're Alabama and you you're talking about producing wins, well, this guy has never done anything but that, whether it is um, at the FCS level uh, at Fresno State or now at Washington.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's been coaching for close to 10 years at three different spots as a a head coach and has never lost more than uh, three games in a season. Uh, So he's been pretty special wherever he's been and pretty effective. And, you know, I I don't know of any sort of connections like some of these other guys have. He's not an Alabama assistant, you know, gone to greener pastures. He's not a, a southern guy. He's, you know, not an SEC guy. So, I don't know how how much those things – I think if you're Alabama, you're just trying to get the best coach, period, whoever checks as many boxes as you like. But, I mean, he is a hot name, and he's very good, obviously based on the, the track record, wherever he's been. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a name worth mentioning. Uh, not sure – if uh, if Alabama goes down that road, but uh, you think if you're any anybody in America with a coach that's worthwhile, you're you're on high alert, and certainly that would that would be Washington after the run that they just wrapped up.
1: Yeah. By the way, Alabama five star. Wide receiver Ryan Williams has decommitted from Alabama. He was you know, supposed to sign so in February, begins. so there you go. There's going to be so there's going to be maybe yeah. even
0: a dozen or so of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just because you know they're going to play for Saban. It's right. it, you know, they're not going to the school; they're going to the coach. That's what they're doing uh, because the money's going to be about the same everywhere. You know when it when it comes down to it. Number two, this one is probably less likely given the trajectory of the last couple of years and the way that he is uh, not in favor of the way that new college football works. But he is an alum, and it would be a lot of. I mean, he still makes a lot of money. He is an alum, and he has won, and I'm sure he could maybe be potentially convinced to change his ways, of going to the the SEC, and maybe he is slowly doing that. They've recruited some portal players in this cycle. They haven't gotten any yet, uh, which is you know means they haven't probably tried as hard as they as everyone else has. But Dabo Sweeney is someone that. You know, look, I don't think you can completely take out of this because of his connections to the Gene Stallings-era Alabama teams and, you know, the success he's had as a coach and the fact that he's still a young guy.
2: Yeah, I, he'll he'll definitely continue to be mentioned. I, I just don't know what the attractiveness level is at this point. He's still a great coach. He's still a national championship winning head coach. But I I think maybe he shot himself a bit in the foot these last couple of years, uh, as much his own doing as anyone else's that had nothing to do necessarily with even wins or losses. But um, yeah, that's that's a name that's been out there for a very long time. I mean, probably for what. Close to a decade. I mean, mm-hmm. would, would the Dabo talk have been out there? Yeah, I'm trying to think of when that really would have first kicked off with Clemson. Well, they started and, winning, yeah, it's not yeah. A decade. I mean, close to it, close to it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been out there for a while. Not sure if he'd still be number two at this point. I mean, this definitely like seen said, no uh, particular record, right, yeah. but have definitely seen some Alabama folks in the past. You know, give or take what random opinions are that feel like he's not a fit anymore so we'll see obviously and and yeah that's a name that has to be mentioned
0: if again we don't know he can change his mind on how he likes the transfer portal nil it's not like clemson's not doing some of it but at alabama my goodness you are the start of it and so uh that, that's something to be taken into consideration. Yeah,
1: they're doing NIL. They're just not doing Transfer Portal. Right. Like, he's he's decided that 50% of this is fine, but the other – like, the part – like, that's the weird part to me that it would seem that Dabo would be less uh, for paying players and more against taking ones from other schools. But, you know, K uh, sera, sera. Number one, Sark. Like, mentored, like, he was – and he is probably – of the coaches that have come out of that Nick Saban coach rehab program, and I don't mean this as a pun in any way for Steve Sarkeesian because he did, you know, have addiction issues that he had to overcome in his life. But Steve Sarkeesian has has probably you know, hit the highest high and that he was just in the college football playoff and brought Texas out of the desert and back into prominence uh, after, after 14, 15 years uh, of wandering. Uh, So he's been there. They know him. um, He, he built Texas into an SEC team really fast the way that they are, because as they transition, they've bigger and faster and they are built like an SEC team right now. And so, this one would make a lot of sense. Maybe not the number one number one because also it's going to be really super hard even for Alabama to wrestle somebody away from Texas. Uh, just as it was hard every time Texas was open before Sark got the job to for the Texas fans to, you know, wrestle with the idea of Nick Saban not wanting to come there. It was always like Yeah,
0: I remember he uh, Terry was around looking at real estate. Yeah, yeah. All, all
1: those things, mm-hmm. but you know, like that's going to be like the go one way or the other is going to be tough because, you know, do you leave Texas to go to Alabama, not like you wouldn't leave and you wouldn't leave Alabama to go to Texas necessarily because of of where they are. So, I don't know, but like this still would make a ton of sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's it, there's a logical connection there. It's the mm-hmm. biggest job in college football. Mm-hmm. So, I don't care if it's Texas or a guy's at Michigan or a guy's at USC or a guy's at Oklahoma, if Alabama comes calling, you're at least taking that phone call. Mm-hmm. Now, Star- Sark's got it about as good as you can get it. I can't imagine that he would be enticed to leave because it's not like he has some super-duper connection to Tuscaloosa. Like it's not, He's a BYU guy. He's hes not a, a dyed-in-the-wool, down-south Alabama alum kind of a deal, and he's at one of those top five spots – Uh, arguably, in America. So, yeah, you wouldn't think that there'd be enough to sway him that way, but, I mean if Alabama comes calling, everybody's at least picking up the phone. So I'm sure he'll get a phone call. Everybody on the list will probably get a phone call or their agents will get a phone call. I wouldn't sweat it much if I'm a Texas fan right now, because I'm not sure he'd be the the number one guy, but you'd certainly have to believe he'd be in the mix and in that, that top group of conversations. And uh, if not, then I'm eager to learn who would be and, or who is and, and to, you know, kind of see where Sark is, uh, is situated in that whole thing. And, and, Best believe, by the time we get here tomorrow, maybe this doesn't come to fruition, but I'd imagine we've got a couple coaches who've already sent out their graphics to the Twitter team of like reiterating, I love it here, yeah. and I don't want to go anywhere else. I just wonder who's going to be the first one to do that.
0: Yeah, and some schools might lock their guy up by the end of the day. Can, Mar- you can you Mark Students do this again? Do you know that, uh, <laughs> who the first rehab project for Saban actually was when Analyst and all that stuff started? Mike Grow who was at Virginia, was the offensive coordinator, I think, and got fired by his dad. And uh, now he's been in the NFL for a long, long time. There's a story on CBS Sports, Meet Patient Zero, back in 2009 when Groh had just been dismissed at Virginia. And uh, he and Saban sat down and talked about it, and there we are, the start of the tree of the rehab Rehabilitation Center at Alabama. Uh, Phil Bennett is locked in for tomorrow. Uh, Retired stockbroker, I think I saw you mention that. I've reached out to Tim Brando, and we'll have others on the day after the Nick Saban news. And uh, Craig's the one that was able to kind of catch our attention. And man, have you all had fun in the chat room. Emery Winter, Jack McKenzie, thanks to uh, Garrett Ross for weaving in and out. Thanks to everybody who's been a part of making today happen, including every day the great list of sponsors we have on this show. Tonight, 1030 365 Sports tonight on the local CW. Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, I'm David Smoke. Back tomorrow, can't wait, 3 o'clock. Good night on 365 Sports.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network.